Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of the Bench Bro Sports Podcast. We're glad you could join us today as we're a bunch of sports junkies being about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm your host, Wesley Splane. Brandon Farrell is here, Anthony Fertini is here, the crew's all here. Guys, what's happening? Wes, um, do you want to enlighten me on what kind of accent you were going for there? I yeah, was have that, no idea. Was that, that was like just... Australian or something? Were you trying to get some Australian like there? Australian, then I went kind of Boston, and then I just went back to regular. Dude, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like a mixture of like Australian Boston. <laughs> I was just rifting, dude. Wesley. I don't know. <laughs> he, was just, he was feeling it. He was just feeling it. He's like, It was in the moment. It was in the moment. I don't know. I was kind of figuring out what kind of tone I was going with. Yeah, boys, we're good here. How are you? Pretty solid. Uh, had a good night in AC. Didn't win much, but casinos are still living life. It's a good sign. Sportsbook was nuts. <laughs> Everyone looked like they had the Ravens plus money, and uh, that didn't work out for them. Oh, boy. I, I really need to start betting on these games. Dude, you're you're cash so far. I'm I mean, the Browns it, covered too. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I, I, the Browns should have won that game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets knocked out. Chad Henney throws a ball in the air to anybody that's willing to catch him. Gets intercepted. Yeah, I mean, come on. The Browns need to capitalize. Baker Mayfield didn't look good that whole game. He just looked flustered all game. Yeah. We'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, I can read off the scores. You guys just want to jump right in NFL playoffs right now? Yeah, let's dive into the deeper. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so the NFL playoffs started in Lambeau Field Saturday with the Packers defeating the Rams 32-18. to Jared Goff actually did play. Um, he, he was all right. It wasn't a good performance by the Rams. It was just a amazing performance by Aaron Rodgers, absolutely dissecting this Rams defense, thrown for 296 yards, two touchdowns, a rush for one. And um, then we had the night game. The Bills are in the AFC championship game. That hasn't happened in a very long time. And they ended up beating the Ravens 17-3. to Lamar Jackson was out with a concussion in this game. Also, there was a 101 uh, interception return for a touchdown. That pretty much uh, sealed the deal for the Buffalo Bills. They will end up playing the Chiefs, who ended up beating the Browns today, 22-17. Although Patrick Mahomes went out with a concussion, so Chad Henney was in that quarterback. It's going to be um, a long week story if Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to go for that game. And then right now it's 13-13, uh, Tampa Bay, New Orleans Saints. The Saints are in the red zone right now. It just started the third quarter, so... We'll be monitoring that game as we go. But initial thoughts of divisional round. I just want to first say off. Oh, thank you guys for coming tonight. Um, I'm going to be diving into this playoffs. Um, so I, I'm so happy the Bills are in. I'm like secretly a little bit of a Bills fan because my grandpa was a Bills fan. They sucked ever since I was born. Um, so now they're finally winning games. Uh I didn't really catch any of this game, but I cannot believe that the Ravens only put up three points. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson, like easily an MVP of the year um, type of athlete, has the wheels on his feet, can throw the ball well, um, but he just did not produce. And Josh Allen just looks more comfortable as as the as the games progress and the season goes on. 
Um, this Bills team is just all over the field on defense, too. Like, they have a great defense. Very, very solid, strong, to-the-ball-carrier-type defense um, all around. That line, even I think the linebackers are good, and the secondary as well. Um, they won 3-17. to 17. The Rams, like you said, Wes, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's kind of reminded me of Tom Brady. They're just they're reverse aging. Um, Tom Brady in the way he looks, <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers is in the way he performs. This guy, like you said, threw for 296, two touchdowns, and one of the touchdowns, t- <clears throat> touchdowns was actually a rushing touchdown. And that's when I actually texted you guys. was like, Aaron Rodgers, dot, 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 unbelievable. Um, he pumped fake that ball and, like, he sold it, man. Yeah, he, he really just, did. The best way of putting it is dissecting it. And that's literally just what he did. He made a move that was going to make the, the opposing team make a move first and then seal the deal. And that's what separates these good quarterbacks and good players from other players is they're able to. Like they're able to control the game, they're able to control the field. They don't need it, doesn't matter who they play, they understand who they are playing and what they need to do to get the job done. Aaron Rodgers just balled out. Um, they were struggling a little bit in the first, though. I think like it wasn't, it wasn't just like a walkthrough game. Um, so I was like kind of like a little concerned about their performance in the beginning, but I feel like they always kind of play like that a little bit, but um. I mean, he scored 16 points in the second quarter. But uh, the first quarter was, you know, they, they tied it up 3-3. Chiefs beat the Browns. Patrick Holmes went down with a concussion. Did you guys even see what happened? He, like, went down and hit his head on the ball or something? It didn't even look head-to-head to me. It wasn't head-to-head. I don't know. It, to me, it just looked like the way his neck got turned or something. Right? Didn't it look like he just, like, landed on the ball or something weird and just in an awkward position, but the Chiefs, the yeah, the, he went out, Chad Hetty came in, the Chiefs were able to pull this out with 22-17 victory. There was one play when the Browns receiver was literally stretching into the end zone, got hit so hard, he fumbled it, and it was ruled a touchback for the Chiefs. Got so hit in the that, head, too. Yeah, complete target, like a complete targeting. Oh, and. There is no targeting in the NFL, is there? No, but there there could be a penalty, but it's not like the ejection rule right. like it is in college. Unnecessary roughness or any of that. Yeah, that's what it is. So that was I, like in NCAA, that's clear targeting. And NFL, they didn't even throw a penalty on that or nothing. So that could have went from a touchdown or a penalty to a Browns touchdown or first down in the red zone to a turnover with the Chiefs ball in the 20. So, I mean, to lose only by five and something like that happening, and then, you know, them losing Patrick Mahomes, I mean, what are you going to do? And then we got the Buccaneers-Saints game on. Saints just scored its 2013 right now with 9.43 left in the third. And that was a great catch. Did you guys see that catch? Smooth. How about Jameis Winston throwing an absolute bomb in this game, huh? Is that right? Yeah. He had the best play out of both of these freaking quarterbacks. I literally am watching Tom Brady, and it still amazes me that he's 43 years old and still playing at, like, a high level. He, I, I can promise you it's all about his diet. 
his diet and his workout plan. I know. Just the way he takes but care like, of his body. Remember when he came out with that quote was like, yeah, I'm going to play till 45 and everyone's like, you're crazy. I'm, I'm actually thinking he's actually going to do it now because he just looks so smooth. Like there's no regression from him whatsoever. He well, looks I mean, younger. He probably doesn't have the same arm strength. Yeah, he does. I, I he literally looks, told Shannon he looks like he's 35. He literally looks younger than he did when he like first entered the league. It's, yeah. it's that's that's literally how much diet can do to you. I'm like so telling the truth on this. It's diet. His diet is so intense. He eats so clean that he's like his body is just constantly regenerating. Like doesn't he drink a shit ton of water too? Like 150 ounces or something. That's what it is on the TB12 method. I don't know if he drinks that much water, at least half body weight is the known, but he does yeah. just, like infuse electrolyte type minerals, but he's got like health coaches and stuff. So he knows exactly how much to eat, when to eat it. Yeah. Um, he's got money what balance. Yeah. So like there's people there like know his body so well, and what he's going to react to and whatnot that they know how to fight off inflammation with certain foods and to keep his body pliable and ready to play this game. Yeah. Brandon, you went three and oh so far. Well not you you picked the Browns, but they at least covered. I'll give that as a win. But uh your thoughts in the divisional round. I'll be fair. I'll say I went two and one. Um I think the Bills Ravens game was probably the best game. Uh I mean the Packers really I didn't even like the Rams coming in. I, I haven't really liked the Rams all season, just kinda how I haven't liked the Steelers or the or the Saints, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. I, I I say I say the easy prediction for the Super Bowl is the um, is the Chiefs and the Packers, but I'm starting to think otherwise now with the way the Bills are playing uh, and the fact that Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, obviously he's got a concussion. I mean, I don't know if we'll see him next week. If not, then that's a problem for the Chiefs. He'll play though. I feel like he will. I'm sure he will, um, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, I, I thought I'd see a more explosive Chiefs team. I mean, the the the, the, the Browns defense is, is not that great. They were um, driving they, down the ball on, like, the first three drives, like, right down the field on them. I think – I turned the game on, I think, in the second quarter, towards yeah. the end of the second quarter, but – I just and then Baker Mayfield just he didn't he looked flustered all game he just he wasn't his footwork was was not good and he was just not making good throws a couple throws he got really lucky that he got that they were completed I think um, they were getting a lot of pressure to him though too right yeah they were really. blitzing the hell out of him yeah but I some throws like, around. he he should be able to run though like I mean he's yeah. he's a mobile quarterback like he doesn't need to keep backing up 20, ten to fifteen yards he, and then throwing the ball he's smart too in the pocket I mean he scrambles pretty well he makes good decisions but kind of reminds I don't mean to interrupt but it kind of reminds me of Josh Allen when they played the Colts the last two minutes of that game he was like all over the place the game plan was kind of weird for Cleveland too they kept trying to force the screen passes which never worked I didn't get it at all. I, th- I think the way just to win football games is what the Packers did. They just kept going short ball. They're uh, awesome right now. Another interception. The Packers are playing on, the, on, a, on a different level right now. Which yeah, is dude. surprising because they're kind of shocking 
It kind of reminds me of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, they come out of nowhere. They're kind of like well, shock in the football world. Well, uh, I mean, they've had a pick. great run. They've had a great run game all year with Aaron Jones and and the way Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams click. I mean, they're, they're, that's the that's the number one receiving quarterback duo in the NFL right now, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I mean, you could see just the chemistry all year long with those two. They're yeah, they're playing great ball. That's that's definitely a certain. Right now, my bo- is, you go ahead. Uh, I was about to say my body would. Uh, said this weekend, like when we were watching a game, he was like, I take Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes right now. I was so like, I. really? You think so? And I was, he was like, absolutely. No question. I, I think so, Josh, so I. I think the Bills and Packers would be a great Super Bowl this year because it's a very interesting way of offenses that they're running this year. I think yeah. it's just a very balanced team. I mean, the running game with Buffalo and from Green Bay is equivalent. The receiving squad, I mean, Buffalo has Stephon Diggs, which is elite. The trade of the year. Like, them getting Stephon Diggs was huge for that team. Like, Bills didn't have a number one wide receiver, and Josh Allen was, like, okay. But, like, him improving his accuracy along with getting the elite number one receiver. Like, Stephon Diggs now is in the top five conversation of wide receivers in the game right now. I mean – the way he's been he was getting he, open. He was, dude, in my eyes, even when he was on Minnesota, he was great. Yeah. Nobody really knew of him. I had him on my fantasy because I knew he was a good receiver, and everyone was like, who is Stefan Diggs? I'm like, what do you mean? Who is? I'm like, okay, you'll learn. You'll learn over the couple, you know, you'll learn. Because, he, like you said, he gets open. He's got good footwork. He knows how to separate himself from the cornerbacks. Like he, yeah. his speed, like his speed after he gets, once he gets past those cornerbacks, he's got speed to even get further away. So and he's got good. And hands. he's so smart too, like to know when to like set up certain routes to mm-hmm. uh, cornerbacks and get wide open. Right. Like I think, um, I don't know. I hate the Chiefs. I can't stand them. But I will say, if if Chad Henney plays, you you gotta love the Bills situation. Um, going into that game, if Chad Henney's the QB, like you, you're high on the defense more than I am. I still think the defense is very like um, relaxed at times, to where they allow a lot of space. This is the Bills' defense, to where I think if Patrick Mahomes plays, he could really uh, have a lot of success um, picking the pockets in the um, secondary and stuff. Because like they they let up some big holes though, and it's just. You know, Lamar. The game plan for Lamar just wasn't really working for the Ravens, and it, it's kind of a bummer because that he went out because like it was a really close game until that pick six, and even that pick six, he just didn't see the cornerback sitting there. Yeah, I think Buffalo just has been playing really just tough football. Like they want yeah. to win. I mean, all four quarters, and that's the big giveaway for me is like the heart that they have in it this year is they. Knew it's been so long for them to get to this point. It's kind of just driving them further and further because they they see the realistic expectations that they have for themselves. They they see that it can be a possibility to make the Super Bowl. They're literally one game away. Now, is this like a one year wonder though? Because we see teams like this, like Mm -hmm. the Bills, that don't have much success over the past what is it, ten years, and then they just die off after their good years. 
Yeah, 20. There, like, even better. Literally 20 years, probably even yeah. more, probably like early 90s. Yeah. So um, in like 2022, are we going to see this Bills team be good again? I mean, that's my eye is like predicting the future. It's like, what do you? Yeah, I agree you know? with you. I mean, I think, I think that teams like this usually are one hit wonder. Uh, you can never bet. You never. You can never count out the Saints with Drew Brees, although they had a couple rough seasons previously but the saints obviously is a great team you got tom brady and the buccaneers now aaron Rodgers and the packers it's like teams like that you can never count down but these up-and-coming new teams like the ravens with lamar jackson and josh allen with buffalo is you know is it a one-hit wonder one like a one-year success for them or will they be able to come back i think if they can keep all the same pieces on their team I think if it works this year, I don't see no reason why it wouldn't work next year if they obviously have to refine a couple things. Because I think they're on the rise. So if you're on the rise, at least you'll have more for next year. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of, I could kind of say the same about them and the Browns. Um, the Browns are on the rise this year, um, but they struggled a little bit losing guys and COVID and in different situations. But I mean, Josh Allen has been playing on a pretty elite level all year. Uh, and like you guys said, the addition with Stefan Diggs is just taking it to a whole nother level. And that's why they've had so much success because their run game has been so poor all year. Um, Imagine if they draft Najee Harris in like the first round. Oh, well, my goodness. That's a good point, too. I mean, wow. it, you know, who who they're going to draft in this upcoming draft? Like who they're going to take? What pieces are they going to take? Where are they they obviously need a running back. Like that's probably the number right. one thing. Well, they were high on Singletary coming in, and he obviously hasn't, you know, been that yeah. guy. Dude, that would be uh, I insane. Think, I think last year he was a pretty solid back. I mean, I had him in fantasy. He did pretty good. For he me. was okay. Yeah. He, was, he was quiet this year. I mean, he, he played hard yesterday. Um, he definitely attributed to their win. But I think with the running back – the running back position is tough because it's not really like the receiver position. Like, you have a one really good year like Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, and then the next season you just don't. Whether the game plan changes or, you know, whatever it is, they don't seem to really pull through the following year unless we're really talking like old school, like uh, Brandon Jacobs, like that big body or or somebody who's constantly having good years, like LaShawn McCoy, like years ago. Um, I don't know. I think it's just with, with quarterbacks being so versatile these days is they'll do a lot of the running now too, where back then it was like you either hand the ball to your running back or you throw it to one of your receivers. Yeah, I kind of – there's like five or six like solid running backs, and then it's just kind of like a, um, a committee sort of thing everywhere else. Like, there's no elite – there is an elite running back. It's Derrick Henry. But there's not, like, many right. elite running backs. Right. A lot of the players, they're, they're kind of like second-string guys waiting for the chance. I mean, look at James Conner. Scat backs, you know? Yeah, like, they finally got their chance to shine. They took advantage of it. And it's the guys who are hungry. They're the guys that, you know, are grateful to be in the game. And are, once they get the ball, they want to go 100% out there at all times. Oh man, that should have been an interception. How to? Oh, I mean, if you ask me who the most elite running back is in the NFL, 
I mean, granted, injuries or not, it's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if that guy can stay healthy, uh, Derrick Henry's a great back, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey could probably sit there, sit back there and play quarterback and still just do just as well as a running back. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen a guy like that. He carries that whole offense. Yeah, Christian Mc. Oh, there you go, fumble. Buccaneers get running the back. This, this game Saints, is interesting, dude. It is very interesting. The Saints are not playing well, man. They cannot keep. They cannot hold on to this ball, and they're still winning. Like how? But uh, yeah, Brendan, I I agree with you to a certain extent. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, we saw years ago. He was so he's so athletic, man. He'll hop over you. He'll catch the ball. He'll truck you. He'll do whatever it takes to get the ball forwards. And, uh, like, there's different types of styles. Like, we look at Zeke. Zeke is like a give, you know, give him the ball and he'll pound it up the middle. Like, he'll never lose a yard. He'll always go forwards no matter what. Saquon Barkley, that guy could run a 40-yard dash laterally at, like, four seconds. So, you know, it's it's just the, the strengths that they're given. And Derrick Henry is – He's such a big physical body. He's so hard to bring down, but he's yet so quick. So he gains a lot of yards because he's so big. He's a bigger stride. He's got long arms, stiff arm guys, as we've seen throughout the season. But if we want to talk overall, like athletic ability, I would definitely put Christian McCaffrey in that, uh, in that category. I would say Bobby O'Hara would definitely be up there too, <laughs> man. He's going to be the running back I, for the Miami Dolphins soon. Here. I was, yeah, I was gonna put him in there right away, actually, but uh, I think Tua got the starting job this year for that. Oh, well, maybe Deshaun Watson's coming in now, dude. He freaked out with that news. He was like, "Man, you're right. Miami's a cancer. Sell the team, dude. If get Deshaun, relegated, if Deshaun went to him, man, I would have, I would have been so pissed. Like, what are you doing? You probably have something that's working for you, and you're just gonna just like gamble on something else. Come on." It's such a Miami move, though. It is. It very much is. So, uh, we think Green Bay handles whoever wins this game. I certainly do. I know Green Bay got smoked by Tampa. What was it back in October? But I feel like the way Green Bay is just executing everything, their defense is even better um, since then. Is that I just think no matter what, Green Bay wins by like ten points against both of these teams. I just I see it's too sloppy. I mean, from the Buccaneers and from the Saints, it's kind of I think they're where their mind is right now is just give you the ball and let's just push yeah. it forwards. You know, I don't you know what it reminds me of? Tactical. It reminds me of like a game seven in like a um, NHL series where like the teams are too like focused on X's and O's and trying not to make mistakes and then mistakes happen. This is kind of what yeah. that game feels like. I-, I could see what you're saying. I could definitely yeah. see that. I, I think it does come down to that to a certain point is they're they're so like on overload mentally that they gotta run max speed and they gotta give it their all where they, they need to just sit there and just play yeah. the game. Like yeah, this is the third game. time they're playing each other, you know? Yeah, they're right they're I mean, they play each other twice a week and now uh twice a year and now they're playing them in the uh, divisional game here. But I think like you just need to play your game, man. And Josh Allen is a great example of that with the Buffalo Bills. They're just playing their game. They remind me of that Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl last year. They were just playing their game. Yeah, Brandon, what do you think? Yeah. Um, Packers situation? Like, they're going to destroy whoever's going to yeah. – well, not destroy, but they're going to easily take care of them. 
Well, I mean, I still have the Packers in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's yeah. my pick. That's a lock for me in the Super Bowl. So whoever wins this game, yeah, I think the Packers take care of them. Whether it's Tom Brady or Drew Brees, um, I think depending on who wins, I think we still have something left in uh, Tom Brady. But I think this, if Drew Brees loses tonight, it's going to be his last game. Yeah, he said he came out and said he was going to retire. I think Jake Laser really that. Yeah, he's going to retire after this year. Yeah, dude, he can't throw the ball down the field anymore. Yeah, but he, dude, he was going for it on like fourth and one, whatnot. He like quarterback sneak, like he still got the. I mean, like, dude, remember Drew Brees God, broke he, like fifty-five ribs this year. Yeah, he he's a, <laughs> he's getting older. He's smaller. He had his hand injury. He's yeah, I mean smaller. Yeah, shrinking. Spinal cord is shrinking. He's a bit. he's not he's not a hard body anymore. He's just yeah, he's, bod. He's just he's just bod. He's not hard body. <laughs> no more no more stack city. All right. Well, speaking of stack city, we'll move on. I know we got to address it from last Monday night, and I'm sorry, Ant, but Alabama just. It was an absolute rout against Ohio State. Devonte Smith is unbelievable was 215 receiving yards and three touchdowns in the first half of that national championship game on unbelievable i mean ohio state fought for like the first quarter and a half but then trey sermon got hurt left the game then they had an offensive lineman injury they he left the game and it was just all alabama so i wanted to get your thoughts on this national championship and like how good was this alabama team like People are arguing that they could beat LSU of last year, and like, you know, that's a fine um, conversation to have. But what what were your thoughts on the national championship game? I missed the last- first half because I was at the academy, but I saw the rest of it. And uh, Ohio State played good ball against them defensively. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, it's just that like it really just comes down to. <laughs> I usually say it comes down to like mental you know, mental will to win and whatnot. But this year, man, like, I'll simply just say it. Alabama, just physicality and recruiting and player athletic ability was just, like, unmatched. You just It just was – there was no way to stop Devontae Smith and Najee Harris and all those guys. It was just – they're just constantly just – every single time they had the ball, they gained yards. I don't – I couldn't – I can't remember – like one time in that game, if they even got, if Mac Jones got sacked or, or if they lost yards on anything, they constantly just gain yards. And Ohio State's defense is a tough, physical, gritty defense. They are in your face. They're going to hit you very hard, like very, very hard. And Harris said it too. Some reporters said, How do you make it look effortlessly? And he's like, Effortlessly? Are you kidding me? He's like, Quote, they blew my ass up. And yeah, like, he was he's probably still hurting, like honestly, because although they won the game and he was running all over the field, he was getting hits, they're getting hits all game long and against a top team. Um, but just better coach better coaching, honestly, too, was a big thing. I mean I mean, there was one receiver on Alabama that came in the game for like one play and he scored a touchdown. Um because they yeah. used him on that one play at the end, like towards the end of the game. I forgot. Yeah, the little swing flat. Uh, Slade Davis or something like that. Something. He was like a random receiver. But, I mean, that's seven points right there, right? Just keep keep stacking it up throughout the game. Smart coaching, talent. Nick Saban knew exactly what he was doing this year. But I also don't think it's 100% fair because 
this season wasn't like a real season. Ohio State didn't get to play as many games. It's not even not like I'm defending them. I'm just saying this is not real season for any team. You know, it was just it was it was disrupted pretty much. But uh, I'm not gonna lie and say that Alabama didn't deserve it because they played great and uh, they had a hell of a team this year. But Dude, yeah. I think Ohio State could have competed a little bit more if they can contain that that offense a bit. But um, yeah, which no that, one was that, doing, dude. Like it was, was no problem. one was stopping it. Yeah, that was the problem, pretty much. Is they couldn't stop, couldn't stop the points. They just could not stop that offense. What's crazy too is that, like Najee Harris on that what was it that little um, screen pass or whatever out to the flat, and then that Ohio State linebacker tried to blow him up. And like he just didn't even move. It really did look effortlessly, but I get it's not effortlessly, but he's just he's gotta be like really strong with his core and his legs to be able to take a blow like that and just not move an oh, inch. Yeah. Like it's his crazy. Back, his back that that's why like I'll I'll give you a little insight. Like strength conditioning of college athletes were so big on like pushing lots of weight on these players, like make it really physically hard because number one Physical football is a very physical hard sport. Number two is you don't want to have to think about being strong. You want your bodies to automatically respond to the force upon impact there when you're about to get hit. So if you can, you know, RDL or good morning, 225 pounds, which is a shit ton of weight that only linemen should be touching um, for reps, then come time when you're about to get hit, you know, in a certain direction, whatever it is, your core or your backside or your side, whatever, your body's going to naturally just brace because the strength that you have. You're not going to think, oh, shit, I need to brace my core. You know, it's going to just brace. But if you don't have that strength and you're not able to withstand a lot of that weight, you know, injury is much more likely to occur. So give it to the strength coaches there and the athletic training staff, sports science, to get those guys ready to to play the game. Because if you are not healthy – you are not playing this game at a high level. And it was the Devontae Smith show, too, in the first half, just literally outgaining and outscoring the entire Ohio State offense as a receiver. That's what I heard. It's unbelievable that the amount of separation that guy was able to get from like his routes is is crazy. And 12 catches in the first half, too. Like the over under was set for like eight and a half catches for Devontae Smith. He Shattered that in a quarter and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's something special for that team. I mean, hopefully he can get into the NFL and, yeah. and carry that throughout the NFL, though. My problem with him in the NFL is that he's kind of a small guy. Like, you would think he play like he plays like he's 6'2 and, like, mm-hmm. 200, but he's actually 5'11 and um, 175. You're like, okay, he's, you got to put some weight on you. He's got to put like 20 pounds on. Yeah, he's, he's got to be like 95. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get, he's going to have a short career if he does not put some mass on. But man, he was by far the best player on that field. Just, and I, and I know Mac Jones is like had a good game too, but like the way Alabama's receivers and running backs and everything else was just wide open for him. It, all he has to do is just throw a nice ball and he, his job is done. And he did that all year long. It's just Alabama is just generating talent every single year. They're not going to go away. 
Yeah, I I mean, they, they don't really have a hard schedule, but when a big game does come, they're able to beat the team. So, like, I don't I don't know if it's it, – it definitely is a little bit psycho, uh, psychological for sure. I think that just looking at that, you know, maroon and white logo with the big A is – you look at it, you just look at it, and you're like, shit. Like, this is who we got to play. Like, you don't have to see the team or nothing. You just look at the logo and you're like, damn. You know, so I think that has – and you're dealing, once again, with 18- to 20-year-old athletes. They're young still. They're really not all there mentally. They're still a little immature. They're, they're partying at school. They're, you know, all the third division one athletes, and you're on national TV wearing Nike apparel, you're still mentally not all there. So when it comes down to the big game, yeah, you're going to get nervous. You're going to say, like, uh, man, like, this is the team we got to play, and, and, and it could get to them. So, I mean, we've seen some games where there are blowouts where you're like, how could that be possible, you know? But you never know what's really going on with the team. 2017 Alabama recruiting class. Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Tua, Jarek Wills, who was a top 10 pick, uh, Xavier McKinley, Mac Jones, Alex Leatherwood, who's going to be a first rounder, and Dylan Moses, who's going to be a first rounder. Like that's all Alabama gets is first round all star mm-hmm. talent. They want to play for Saban. Yeah, Saban, I mean, by the uh, way, seven national championships. Yeah, there's a reason. I mean, there's a reason top guys want to go to Alabama. Um, Saban's Get great bass. at his job. <laughs> Saban's great at his job, and yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of it Get to bass. go around for guys that play football. <laughs> And well, there's a lot of lakes down there too, so a lot of fishing can be done. Those like swampy yes. areas. And you're down in Alabama too, so they know what they're doing. Dude, they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. Got a can of like grizzly dip in their pocket, fishing pole in one hand. Absolutely. <laughs> Just yeah, saving to me is the greatest college football coach in history. I mean, he's already won more national championships than Bear Bryant, who had the record. Just seven national championships, and six of them were in 12 years. I think it's just Nick Saban's ability to constantly lead every single year. I mean, it's a lot of work to be able to put together a staff and delegate, make sure people are doing the right thing. And recruit. And then recruit, like to make sure everybody's on the same page. I don't know how this guy does it. I like have no idea. And, and yeah, there's been years where Alabama wasn't so good, but they're still a top five, top 16, no doubt. Um, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's just a culture that they built that they just, I mean, I, I, I coming from Oregon and being around good players in hockey and all that, I still can't really even explain what they're really doing at Alabama. I just know it's a very intense, I could say it's a very intense, hard, physical, tough love type of organization. Yeah, they're run like a pro team. So Pretty much. All right, some uh, big shocking news in the NBA. Houston was just um, a dumpster fire. Until they traded James Harden away, and everyone was kind of not expecting this to happen as quickly as it did. But James Harden is now a Brooklyn net. He will join Kevin Durant and potentially Kyrie Irving if Kyrie Irving ever suits up and plays a basketball game again. I mean, that guy has a ball game. Basketball game. (laughs) I want to get played basketball. 
But yeah, so uh, the Rockets ended up getting four first rounders and four uh, first round swaps, whatever that means. I'm still not sure. And then also it was a multi-team deal to where they were able to get Victor Oladipo from uh, the Indiana Pacers come to their squad while Nets get James Harden. And then the Cavs ended up getting Jared Allen and uh, Taron Prince. And the Pacers ended up getting Karis LeVert in the second rounder. So... Brandon, a big shakeup in the NBA. Harden going over. He came into the, uh, the season a little bit overrate from some of those Twitter pictures. Did not help him at all. But, you know, James Harden is now a net. How is this going to work for the Nets? I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty funny because people <laughs> people were making memes saying James Harden was wearing a fat suit. Um, and that's kind of yeah. what it looks like. It's like how yeah. do you get back in shape that fast? Like the sumo suit. Yeah, um, maybe he was just trying to play a trick on everybody. Um, but, you know, I'm not really happy about the trade, obviously, because I'm a Sixers fan, and the Sixers, have, they have pieces that they need now. And now James Harden gets thrown into the mix with uh, Kyrie and KD, uh, and he already dropped a triple-double on his debut uh, with the Nets. Um, and Kevin Durant, we know he's he's obviously a top-three player in the NBA. Um Kyrie, like you said, I don't know. That guy's a mess right now, and now we're starting to see why the why the Celtics wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, he's kind of he's kind of just a cancer for the team. Great player, but he's a cancer for the team. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, as far as the Nets go, they got Steve Nash as the head coach. They got Kev, um, Kevin Durant. They got James Harden. They still have some good pieces around them. Um, I mean, the future looks good for them. Uh, as far as them going through a rebuilding phase uh, and making a playoff push this year. Uh, everybody else kind of got the shit end of the stick on that trade. I mean, James Harden was the prize, and that's got him. I mean, Victor Olandipo is a great pickup, but, I mean, he's not going to – he's not a James Harden. So, right. I mean, I think the Nets kind of got a steal there for what they already have. Yeah, and it's four first-round picks, and it's – you got to think about it. You're like, oh man, that's a lot. But with James Harden on there, they're going to be picking from like in the twenties in the late first round anyway, because their expectations yeah. are finals or bust. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And James Harden, his talents aren't going to go anywhere. I mean, he, the guy's not old. Yeah, he's not, but like, you know, Brooklyn's happy for the strip club business though. I'm sure. Like they're gonna get a lot of work for him, uh, James Harden, but um, yeah, sucks for Houston's uh, entertainment business. But anyway, um, you know, the Nets have two top five players now, and Kyrie is now gonna be the third option in that team, and you really don't know how he's gonna handle that because, like you said, he's just a roller coaster, man. I think. Basketball right now is obviously not his top priority, so I I think he should just step away from the game and just you know figure out what he wants to do later. I mean, dude, the Nets are giving him how much money? Like thirty something million dollars, and this guy just hasn't talked to the team and just went away for a week. Like mm -hmm. that's not good at all for any sports franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what his problem is. I mean, it probably would be good if he stepped away from the game. But I don't know if he's going to do that. I mean, the guy's getting paid right now. So, mm -hmm. but again, he did he did get himself landed a pretty a pretty nice fine. Oh yeah. Yeah, big time. 
So, I mean, it, it has to be. They have to make the finals. If they don't make the finals with these guys, I don't know what James Harden's contract situation is, if they can re-sign him or not, and how many years he has left. But, like, they have to make the finals every single year now. And, like, if they don't get one title between the whole entire time they got those three guys there, or even if it's just James Harden and Kevin Durant, like, it would be a, such a disappointing um, move and mistake and such a, you know, we look back at it and be like, wow, they traded for James Harden and they still didn't get a championship. Like, we're going to be looking at that. Well, I mean, you kind of got to have to give them a grace period in their first year, let them build that chemistry. Um, sure. But they definitely need to make a playoff push um, and get past the first and second round, or at least the first round. Um, but, I mean, if – Kyrie comes back, it'll help. But again, we're going to see how he's going to handle being the third option. The guy left Boston because he wanted to be the number one guy. And now he's back down to being the second or third guy. Yes. So, that ball's going to get a lot of work in the Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, we, we know he doesn't take well to being a second or third option. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Kyrie just, you know, takes some time away and then decides he wants to – he wants to be traded away again to uh, to a team that needs a number one guy like the Hornets or, or trade him back uh, to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean Cleveland needs a lot more than a number one guy. <laughs> I mean, shoot, obviously he's not going to gel well with anybody. Just trade him to like a city to where he can just uh, be himself. Send him overseas. Send him overseas. <laughs> Send him to Japan. Play some European or, uh, yeah, Japan ball. Russia. <laughs> Dude, freeze your oh, wow. And play on uh, ice ice sheets over there as a basketball court. <laughs> exactly. Just wear spike cleats. The glaciers actually form the basketball hoops. The Russian glaciers for the <laughs> basketball team. Hey, that doesn't sound terrible. Actually, it's like a... It's actually a cool name, actually. Russian Glaciers. Yeah. I don't know what your mascot's going to be. Probably a polar bear or something. Yeah, you uh, could. Giant brick of ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Just eyeballs ice cube. in it. it. Yeah, square <laughs> ice cube. No, It'll one be... of the ones out from, like, uh, just, like, refrigerator, like the, like the me, <laughs> oh, excuse me, moon cube looking thing. It'll... It'll be a glacier from um, from Titanic with a, with a couple eyeballs. Yeah, eyeballs <laughs> and a smile. Or, yeah, the iceberg. Can you imagine like an ice cube talking shit to you as like the mascot, like in your face, clapping and shit? Well, I mean, look at Gritty. I mean, there's some pretty stupid mascots out there. Gritty is so ridiculous, man. He is <laughs> like, so entertaining. Oh, it works so well. It works so well. Well, you mentioned about Gritty. We can get into the NHL hockey season that officially started. We have the East Division, the North Division, um, different division alignments, Central and the Pacific. Some teams are not used to playing other teams like so many times, but like some teams are going to play each other 10 times, 9 times, 8 times. And I got off to a good start with the Philadelphia Flyers uh, sweeping the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, some other ones were like the Canadian division was just back and forth. I think Ottawa is off to a good start too. Matt Murray is going to be the goaltender over there. And, you know, um, back and forth blowouts between the New York teams with the Islanders and the Rangers. So I don't know. You obviously were watching the Flyers games, but did you watch any other games? 
I just saw today's Washington Penguins game. Um, right. You guys went to a shootout. I mean, 3-3 went to a shootout, closed shootout, and then I think it was Jake Gensel that scored for the Penguins. And He's a good was, shootout uh, skater. But it was just one goal. Like, that was it. And then yeah. they wound up winning the game. I mean, shootouts, like, suck. But it's just the way it is. Um mm-hmm. I haven't really watched too much hockey yet. I just know the Flyers, as far as they're playing, they're kind of just tic-tac-toeing like every single play. I mean, there was one play where they were passing back and forth to each other, and it was like, you want to talk about effortlessly? Like, that was effortlessly. It was like one tape to the other tape to one tape to the goal. Like, perfect. I mean, it could not be any more beautiful than that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this season's early still. It's going to be a lot of competition. The guys are fresh, ready to skate, ready to play. And uh, it's going to be interesting with the Canadian teams. But I know they're very excited about that because it's like their culture, like their life pretty much. Um, Rivalries. Yeah. So the Saints are like giving up on playing defense. And they're, it's a tied game. This is crazy. Are you guys watching this? Yeah. Like they're kind of just Tom Brady's just balling on them. Great route running too, though. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so a lot, a lot of hockey still to be played, of course, um, with, what, this 52-game season? 56, 62, what is it? 48. I think it's like 48 or something, wasn't it? Oh, they 56? shortened it. I thought it was, I thought it was I like know. 52 or something, something like that. But, I mean, it's still a lot. It's a lot of games. 82 is a normal season. You got 52. I mean, it's 30 less. It's really, I mean, still a lot of games, but. Tampa looks good. I can tell you that for uh, sure. You watch them play. Yeah, they they are the same team. I mean, yeah. them not having Kucherov is going to be something to watch for when they play really good teams. But yeah, they were just um, mauling the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, Chicago was just literally looked like a, a AHL team going up against Tampa Bay. Like that's how Tampa made them look silly. But um. Yeah, you know my thing about the Flyers is that they're gonna ha- they're gonna have a good regular season. I just need them to see uh, more postseason success from them. Like I know they they're probably the new school Tampa Bay Lightning board. They just they haven't gotten over the hump yet, so I'm still waiting on that. And I know today, like the Caps lost in a shootout or whatever. I mean, their three on three still needs work, and like the defense still needs to tighten up and. I get Peter Laviette just got there as their coach. So it's going to take time for like everyone to gel together, which I'm kind of excited about. Cause I know mm-hmm. Peter Laviette is a great coach and he'll, he'll get this. Veteran the team. Yeah. He'll get this veteran team uh, squared away. Ovi has been on a good start too. Yeah. I mean, Peter Laviolette is literally one of the best, but, uh, yeah, o- Ovi, uh, I mean, still your captain, still going strong. You got to Dan Chara. Like I said, though, I just really hope that they mesh because yeah, they're both they legends. Will. They're yeah, legends. They, will. So they They either got to work together or they're going to fight. So, I mean, it, it would be very unfortunate if they don't get along um, because they, they both want to be leaders. You know, they're both captains. It, it's, it's very hard to kind of just say, all right, I got to, uh, you know, Ovechkin's a nice, easygoing so, guy when he's on your team. Ovechkin, yeah, they both are. Even even Chara, Chara is like such a such a team player, man. He's mm-hmm. he is all literally all for 
the team. Like he'll do anything anything to help the team win. So yeah. I think you guys are in good hands. I think it'll be just fine. How about uh Wayne Simmons dropping the gloves in his first game with the Maple Leafs? Just <laughs> automatically yeah. just dropping he, going. He just doesn't quit. I mean no. he just uh it's just you know, it's just nonstop. It's just their roles. It doesn't matter if they're turned four years old. That's just that's just their roles, you know. That's what they do. Yep. So, um, wait a minute. You don't look. Oh yeah. So, um, Connor McDavid had the first hat trick, and then there's going to be the Pierre Luc Dubois news that it, he's on the trading block. Where is Columbus going to trade him? So that's going to be a situation to monitor um, throughout the first month here. And then, um, yeah, so that's the start of hockey. That's the start of the NBA. NBA still going strong. The Knicks have fallen off now. They're starting to lose again. So, although they did beat Boston uh, today, so maybe the Knicks are back. Maybe they're not, but who knows? Still should have gotten freaking Kevin Durant. I couldn't believe that. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, speaking of New York, uh, DJ LeMahieu and the New York Yankees finalized a new six-year, $90 million contract, while also two young uh, Cy Young winner Corey Kluber is also coming to the Yankees as a starting pitcher. So that's something the Yankees need. Um, Good for the Yankees uh, starting rotation. I think Paxton's on a free agent too, so maybe this seems like they're starting to become a little bit more baseball news as we're spring training is approaching very soon. I think they start in uh, about two months right now. So baseball news is starting to pick up. Also, I I got it. Yeah. Right. It's like, what, what is baseball anymore? (laughs) It's just a fairy tale. You tell it to your grandchildren. Probably when we get into like 2070, be like, you guys remember <laughs> watching baseball? Tell me more about dude. stickball. I, I, I better be rocking two canes by 2070. Two canes? Why not just a walker? It's so much easier. Nah, <laughs> yeah, right? I don't, I don't want full dependency <laughs> on a walker. Just gonna go through all that misery that with two canes, huh? <laughs> I better two canes. I don't mess with that walker BS. I want to have some independency. <laughs> guy, guy wants to make it difficult on himself. Yeah. Oh, sir, you literally should be in a wheelchair. No, I'll take two walkers. They'll tell me what to do. I played. Ant's just trying to speed up the process. Yeah, Ant's just just gonna crawl. They put me on the (laughs) they put me on the TB12 method diet, and I lost both canes, and and I I went down to 51 years old, just like that. (laughs) Yeah, him got magically started playing football again. (laughs) I stunted. Ant's gonna run like a four seven forty by the time he's like ninety two. Yeah, strength conditioning mindset, gray hair, glasses, get out there on a forty yard dash, run a four seven one. Freaking lightning fast. So funny, man. I gotta ask your opinion on this. Urban Meyer is officially the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. We talked about it on the NFL Weekly Drive. I think it's a good move. Um, or Urban in a good situation for Jacksonville with all the cap room and possibly having Trevor Lawrence. But as an Ohio State fan, what do you think? Disappointed. That says it all right there. That says it, it all. you had to do was sigh. Dis- <laughs> disappointed, boys. I really am. I have Ohio State uh, Urban Meyer 
uh, poster on my wall of when he was at Ohio State. I'm looking right. at it right now, and I'm disappointed, man, because I I don't know how to explain it. Like, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I know he's doing the right thing. The other part of me is like, he's not a man of his word, which is like disappointing because going back to Florida, he left Florida for health reasons, said he wasn't going to coach again, knew that was not going to be true because he was too young and had too much left. It's just that he didn't have a balance. He was sick. He was obsessed with coaching. Like he was not sleeping. I, I think he wasn't going to any of his doors volleyball games or and wasn't seeing his family. Like none of that. He was like obsessed with coaching. So he literally got sick. I think quit football, started taking care of his health. It was like I need to go back. Goes back, signs with Ohio State. Okay, that that's fine. Like you're from Ohio. You know, he does, he's done. It was a perfect time for him to start coaching again. Jim, Jim Tressel wound up in some shit with some of the players, and he wound up leaving. Excuse my language. They hired Urban Meyer. Perfect fit for Ohio. Perfect fit for the Buckeyes. Perfect. Um, coach is there. Has a hell of a run. I mean, I think he left like 116 for like 116 games and 12 games lost, something like that. I don't know the exact statistics, but hell of a career. Produced many NFL talents, great staff, great job, left a legacy there, and says he's finally done coaching. Leaves Ohio State, says he's done coaching. Moves down to Florida, I think, or has like a house down there. It takes some time off. He does some commentating, and then he gets the job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He said when he left Florida, he said he was done coaching, went to Ohio State. When he left Ohio State, he was said he was done coaching, went back to it. What this just tells me is that he he loves it. He just like cannot get away from it. It's like who he is. It's what God created him to do. He doesn't know anything else, and like that's it. So I understand that, but like coming from a fan's view, it's like shit, man. Like you could, I love Ryan Day, but like you said, you were done. And I understand like people say things, and you know sometimes they want to, you know, they say things and then they don't mean it, and then the time is right for him to coach again or whatever, but. I mean, I know Vermeer is a good person. He's doing the right thing. So I guess he just wants a shot at that NFL and just see how it goes, I guess, because it's a good opportunity, you know. Plus, a lot, of, a lot of coaches in the NFL are a little bit older. It's a little bit more laid back. He can drive to the stadium. He can drive to practices. You know, he's got – can have a fairly normal life. I Man, think NFL is more to laid practices back. at Ohio State? <laughs> Yeah, I'll drive out to Columbus, nine-hour drive every day. Yeah, sure. well, no, I'm saying Urban couldn't do that. You're saying, oh, you could drive to practice. No, drive no the he, <laughs> he obviously did, but it, uh, college <laughs> is not as laid back as NFL. At least, right? Yeah, obviously. what I know, like with the school, twenty-four-seven job. Yeah, college is twenty-four-seven. NFL is competitive, but it's more like if you win, you win. If you don't win, then eh, whatever. But these kids depend on their coaches to get them to the next level so it's a lot of work and now that he's older you know he's done his time with college now he's older he can kind of go to the nfl where he doesn't know have to so much be a babysitter and or he doesn't really have to stress too much on the players doing the right things because they're pros now they understand what to do they just need the coach to be there to say okay you're going to run this play all right let's do it you know refining things but man you're going to tell me urban meyer is going to go on there and start coaching tom brady up like Tom Brady will start telling Urban Meyer what to do, you know? So 
there's that factor too of experience and I think it's a better fit for him now. I'm happy for him, but uh, it's just disappointing to kind of see him coach after he said he was not going to coach again, leaving Ohio state. But like I said, happy for him and hopefully has a good, uh, good role with Jacksonville. Yeah. It's not far from Gainesville at all. I think it's like an hour drive. Maybe he'll go down and do something in Florida. Gators. So Jeff, Jacksonville and Gainesville are kind of shitty areas in Florida. There's really nothing over there. Um, but I think he's going to have a lot of success in Jacksonville based on the talent that they already have there. Uh, a lot of young guys that probably still have kind of that co- um, college mentality. And he's going to be coaching Trevor Lawrence. I mean, why not? Well, that, I mean, that's a win-win situation for him right there. You're like gonna, that's something? You're, you're getting these young guys, and you're going to be coaching a, a number one quarterback coming into the league. Right, and that's a big point you mentioned because that's something we have to think about. Of like, why did he enter? What? Oh my god, this game is crazy, man. This game is so entertaining. But why did he choose Jacksonville? Uh, okay, maybe because he lives in Florida now, or he has a house down there. But why did he pick? Why did he decide now? Why did he decide yes to Jacksonville? Right, because it's perfect time for them to either get Justin Fields, a quarterback he knows. Or they can get Trevor Lawrence, somebody who he can mesh with as well, you know? So, which will be kind of interesting if he does wind up coaching Trevor Lawrence. I feel like that's such an awkward coaching situation with those two. But, yeah, like, that's a big thing, too, because you're taking a fresh college quarterback, and he understands college. He's never coached the NFL. So, he's got to really learn how the NFL does things. So, I mean, I'm sure he's got, sure he knows a lot about it, but you don't know. He's going to put a good staff around that's had pro experience, like his coordinators and his, um, you know, position coaches. Like he's going to do a good job assembling his staff. It's crazy. Like they just right away head coach just because he was very successful, successful in college. And I think it's because he's not an X and O guy. He's a culture builder. Yeah, he's a culture builder and like he's a motivator and inspiration guy. But uh, he understands X and O's and he's got a game plan. Uh, he's no not so much playbook guy, but game plan. He understands what to do when the clock is at. If it's fourth and one and you got twenty seconds left, you're running this. If it's third and twelve and you got forty eight seconds left, you're running this. Like he's that tactical with it. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I'll make sense. And, he, and he's a money drawer too. He's a money draw. So, like, Jacksonville fans are going to be excited now to go see Jaguar games, which they haven't been excited since, what was it, Blake Bortles in the AFC Championship game? Yeah. Like, crazy that team made it to the AFC Championship game. Devin White is such a good linebacker. Holy cow. He just picked that ball. I mean, on the, just ran back. on the same token, I mean, you talk about him just going right from college to the NFL, getting head coaching up. Look at uh, look at Cliff Kingsbury um, with the Cardinals and Matt Lafleur of the uh, of the Packers. I mean, these guys aren't are not Urban Meyer or um, Nick Saban. They're not culture builders. They're not they're not running these teams, building well established teams. Guys don't want to come and play for them. I mean, if you're a solid coach in, in college and you have a good offensive mind, I think it, it's pretty easy to land a job in the NFL as a head coach. I mean, look at these guys that are getting head coaching jobs in the NFL. It doesn't surprise me that a college coach goes right from college to the NFL and, and is a head coach. 
Yeah, that's very true, actually. Yeah, you said it. I mean, thinking about Adam Gase and uh, Ben McAdoo, yeah. it's very well, true. Adam Gase, Ben McAdoo, Todd Bowles. Like, Todd Bowles is having a lot of success as a defensive coordinator, but he is not a head coach. you got to put yeah. guys where they belong. Right. I agree with that. I do. And he's going to have a ton of cap room, too, to bring in a bunch of – I think Jacksonville has, like, around $85 million of cap space, so they can go and get more pieces, too. So it will – Kind of feel like a college situation for Urban going out and getting players like in the recruiting standpoint. Yeah, and it, I know he needs to do that because that's all he's ever done. So I don't know, man. It's I think it's like a, a, he knows what he's doing. It's a perfect time for him to do this. I, yeah, but it's just I now don't know, if Jacksonville didn't have the number one pick, I don't think he takes his job. Did he sign a one year? I don't know if it's one. I don't think it's come out yet what his contract was. Because it's more than just one year. Because for him, I'm just thinking it's just, I don't know. It's just so weird to me. Like, he was in retirement, like, enjoying his life with his wife and his family and his grandkid. And just, I don't know, man. I guess it's like, really, like I said, it's just a part of you and you just cannot, you like have to do it. I don't even think he's doing it for the money at some point. I mean, sure he is, but. I'm sure he's like, this is just who I am. I like, I have to do this. Like, I, I if I, I feel lost if I don't. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be uh, interesting. Did Tom Brady score that touchdown? He did. Yeah, quarterback sneak. So I'm gonna be three and one. Yeah, there we go. The Bucks, man. So it's a ten point lead. You think this game's done, right? Uh, Tom Brady, so close. Yeah. Dude, yeah. So, um, anyway, some other news. Robert Sala is the new head coach. We're going to wrap up here in a little bit. Robert Sala is the new head coach of the New York Jets. Um, Artie Smith, who's the um, offensive coordinator for the Titans, he's now the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that's pretty much it. When it, Oh, yeah, the Lions hired a Rams director of college scouting. Brad Holmes is their new general manager. Broncos got a new general manager as well. So, um, yeah. That's about it from the coaching carousel. I think there's only three or four jobs left. So, did I get my coaching position yet, boys? What team am I going to? I you are going to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh yes, exactly the team I wanted to go to. Indy's a weird city. It is. <laughs> Driving through it, man, I like did not like it. I just felt so that whole like it's tiny. Like Indianapolis, Indiana, Illinois, like I did not like that at all. Like Iowa, like this is probably like one of my least favorite parts of the country. Dude, when you go through Indianapolis, isn't it just like the football stadium is just planted right in the middle? And you're it's, just like, oh. Yeah. Lucas, Lucas Oil, <laughs> Oil Stadium is just yeah. like there. It's just there on the side of the highway. Like you could see it from a distance. It was really foggy that night when I was driving, but I felt like I was on a speedway. Because the lights are very bright. Like, the highway lights are not like the ones here. They yeah, have I literally, like, or... yeah, they're like race car, like NASCAR lights. And, and I could see the stadium, but it was just, like, crappy area it looked like. Like, I mean, it was still uh, nighttime, so I couldn't really see much. But yeah. it just did not look like it was my taste at all. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. But, um, all right, anything else, boys? And there's not a lot of lakes there either, so not a lot of bass fishing, which is not really something I want to do. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty boring area. Uh, all right. Uh, I can't really think of anything. You guys, Aunt NASCAR's a month away. I saw a commercial for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that. NASCAR will be coming back. I'll be going back to Trailerville. It's been a while since I've been on vacation, but I will be going back to Trailerville. So stay tuned. Uh, I'll have all your updates on NASCAR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do that, boys? No, I was just gonna say um, one more thing. Um, the game that Tony Romo commentated today, the Browns and Chiefs, probably the most annoying commentary I've heard all year from him. I, I Why mean, was he so doing? excited? I just wanted to mute the game. He was just getting – he never really gets on my nerves, but today he was. What was he doing? Like he was just talking too much? Just like towards the end of the game. Like I think the, the Chiefs had the ball and it was like fourth and short. And this was going to determine if they were moving on or the Browns were going to get the ball again. And he's like, oh, they're going to fake it. There's not a play here. There's no play here, Jim. There's no play here. And then they, they run the play. And he's like, oh, there's a play. Look at that, Jim. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. It's <laughs> <laughs> like not commentating correctly, I guess. Yeah, it's just shut up. <laughs> Tony Roma, once again, not delivering in the playoffs. Yeah. The wet's the way that she goes, bud. Did you guys hear that? Um, did you guys hear that Dan Quinn's going to be the new DC for uh, the Dallas Cowboys? Well, at least he's not a head coach. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think. Um, also, Bill O'Brien's the new offensive coordinator for uh, Alabama now, with Steve Sarkeesian taking the Texas job. Really? Wow. Yeah. Where's uh? <clears throat> where's Adam Gase going? I think he's um, done. Probably going to work at a nursing home. <laughs> that working or living? He's checking uh, in. He's yeah, checking in there. It doesn't say. Well, he'll work and live there. They'll, they'll let him work and then he'll live for free. He'll live for free then. I bet you it's not in New York City for sure, though. No, no the Jets hate him that much. They won't let him go. It'll <laughs> probably be somewhere in like maybe like lower part of Virginia between Miami and New York, you know? Dude, he's actually no. He's in a lab because he's a robot, so he's getting maintenance done. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, his eyes are too offset. We got, we got to recenter him. We got a, ro- a robot could play better than him. He's a robot <laughs> coach better. Yeah, coach better than him. He's the Elon Musk robot, and Elon Musk was like, "All right, I destroyed the Jets. Whoops, we got, we got to redo this." Dude, did you guys see this picture? Lamar Jackson is a stand-up guy, man. He he stood at he stayed after the playoff game to take pictures with Bills fans. Cause they Bills fans started donating to Lamar's like charity too. I don't know if you saw that, but like I saw like um massive tweets of like Bills fans donating like hundred dollars or a thousand dollars to like Lamar's charity. Well, that's nice, man. That's what this is all about. This what should you know, competition on the field's great. Yeah. You need it. You need to be very competitive. But off the field, there should be no hard feelings or anything like that. Right. All right. Well, guys, that is all the time we have for today. We thank you for joining us. If you have any comments about any of the hot topics from the NFL playoffs, uh, the national championship game, James Harden going to the Nets, are they finals bound? Some hockey. Go ahead and talk all the smack you want, Flyers fans. I'm here for it. We got eight games. We're going to destroy every single one of you. 
The last, uh, sorry, the last thing I want to say is, uh, did you see that Vander Kane is filing for Chapter Seven? Yeah, I saw that. Like, what is he playing hell? still? He's okay. So listen to this. I think this is what's happening. I'm almost certain he's sitting this season out due to his bankruptcy. So help me understand cool. how that makes sense. You can play and make money, or you can sit out and not make money. If that's I didn't realize he wasn't playing, huh? I'm pretty sure he's not, but I think because he had a gambling problem. I'm pretty sure he had a penthouse in Vegas. Is he still on the Sharks, right? Yeah. Uh, let me see if he's suited up. Man, that is insane, though. Like $20 million, $27 million of debt. Yeah, I uh, I don't see him on the roster. Twenty seven mil. Of Hockey debt. players don't even make that much money. He's paid a little bit more, but yeah, most of them don't make like wow. the highest pay is like Crosby at like thirteen million a year. Oh, he's playing. I was almost certain they said he was sitting out for the season. Nah, he has a goal and two assists. Huh, interesting. I thought I saw somewhere he was sitting out, and I was like, why would you sit out? You need to make his money. Pro- his uh, profile picture for, like, the program, like, he looks pissed off. He looks really mad. <laughs> I would be too if I was 27. No one that. Yeah, he's like, did you see actually, oh, man, there's a really funny NHL meme. It was Dustin. Do you remember when Dustin Bufflin gave him the middle finger on the way out to the yeah, ice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Evander King was actually giving him a pat on the shoulder, like, I guess, saying good luck or, like, saying something sarcastic to him. And there was a meme that said, Evander King said, hey, Dustin, can I borrow the $27 million? <laughs> And Dustin Bufflin had the middle finger up. Maybe, like, hell no, of course you can't. That was that was a really funny meme. I wish I found it so I could send it to you guys, but that was funny. He doesn't even make that much anyway. I don't know how much his contract is, but yeah. How do you go twenty set like I, I like there has to be it's literally a sickness because you have to have some type of control. He he I guess he kept thinking that uh he was a good Texas Holden player, but I guess not. <laughs> Man, that is so bad. Like that is so bad. All right, guys. Well, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Bench Bros Sports for latest news and Vander Kane situation going on. Also, follow us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros and follow our website, BenchBrosSports.com. We keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages, and we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and other media services for more episodes of the Bench Bros Sports Podcast and the NFL Weekly Drive where we have Bobby O'Hara give his NFL opinions as well and go into a much deeper NFL conversation. I think it's going to be very tongue-in-cheek this week um, because we know who the top teams are. But anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Guys, last thoughts. No, sir. Stay healthy. If anybody's got to hook up on a, a Billy Big Mouth bass, I mean, you know, yes, we're, we're actually uh, here at Bentros. We're actually uh, me, Wes, and Brandon are actually recruiting a Big Mouth Billy Bass. Um, if anybody has one of those, please contact one of us. Thank you. You guys ever have one? No, I want one. I, we need to get one for a studio that we'll have. My one dad there. had one, and like, uh, of course he did. Find that one. I did, did. When, I was, when I was really little. I had one. 
Seriously? I didn't know yeah. you had one. Yeah, I don't remember what happened to it, but I remember having one. Dude, you guys are not even the fishermen. You guys have this shit. I don't understand. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You got to be about that life. You just can't it's the Billy Big lifestyle, dude. You can't pass up on that. Well, we need to get one of those. So, absolutely. That's all I'm saying. Well, stay healthy. Stay safe. Studio's got to be here in Tampa, boys. So, I'm good with that. Rent like two hundred dollars a month for like a two thousand square foot place. Yeah, not dude. quite. What this guy has? I went on eBay. This guy has like a whole wall of Billy Big Mouth basses, and it's like five hundred dollars. Okay, that's a little bit too much. There's like hundreds of them, like a whole what? entire wall. <laughs> Why does he have so many of them, dude? I bet he puts them all on at once. Oh my god, oh, dude! <laughs> I would be so that would be annoyed. tortured just like to sit in that room and just like. <laughs> for an hour just hearing that who ate the last piece of my apple pie get over here you gotta sit in this room now listen to Big Mouth Billy Bass for the next half hour <laughs> <laughs> All guy, presses, guy locks the door presses button it's like shit I should never eat that last piece of apple pie that's like a nightmare dude Big Mouth Billy Bass that's like a Netflix war film get <laughs> Yeah. All right. That was Brandon. That was Ant. I'm Wes. We'll see you next time on the Bench Bro Sports Podcast. That's the show. Thank you for listening. We're out of here.